G'day guys, welcome to the Noob Stereo Podcast. Uh, I am Shrek, one of the co-hosts. My fellow henchman Turbo is not with me today, but it's a cracker of an interview regardless. And uh, despite missing the big fella, we hook in. I chat with Eric Keener uh, about some very interesting topics. So look, if you're new here, the Noob Stereo Podcast, it's a great place to come and renew your stoke, learn a couple of odds and ends and have a couple of laughs along the way. So if you're here with, with us for the first time, then welcome along. Now, today's interview is a little bit different. It's uh, not the usual flow. We, we sort of have a topical focus. And uh, I'd encourage you to go to the show notes today because there's some mouth-watering recipes in there. Go to noobspero.com forward slash catch and cook. And uh, there's six recipes. I'll just give you a, a little bit of a, an idea of what you're in for. Lincod fillets over mushroom and armored risotto. Fillet top lobster tail and seared scallops. Cilantro sashimi and honey glazed mahi-mahi mango salsa. Now, that's just, that's just three of them. So look, let's not get excited, but nosphero.com forward slash catch and cook. There's pictures and recipes, easy to follow along today. So yeah, look, two main focuses today. Um, the catch and cook competition concept, which is a, a sort of a concept where guys make use of the full fish. So they, they go out, they spear the fish, and then they have to cook it uh, within a given uh, time. And you get judged not just on the fish you shoot, but on the meal that you put forward it at the end for submission so it's a pretty cool concept and I just sort of ask him a bit of uh, you know where the concept come from and sort of what it's looking like at the moment the sponsors that have come on board and, and so forth so it's a great um, sort of a NorCal Monterey um, initiative and but I'm hoping it, it gets legs and, and goes elsewhere as well so yeah so today's chat with Eric Keener I mean he's based out of NorCal he reached out to me because he's uh, a friend of former guest on the show Matt Madison he helps him run the NorCal underwaterhunters.com forum which is a mad forum if you're in the uh, northern California area uh, if you want to meet guys and go spearfishing learn spearfishing then I definitely encourage you to check that out uh, another thing that Eric asked that I mentioned was a fantastic shop in the area. The Bamboo Reef is the Monterey shop. They've got free dive instructors in store so you can get certified and uh, they're helping to support all of these sort of initiatives. So awesome shout out to the Bamboo Reef guys in Monterey. Um, yeah, before we get into this interview, I really want to hook into some shout outs. Got four reviews. Four reviews, I think they're all from iTunes too, but Matt Marcus ARB from Oz says, I've not been spearfishing long, but after finding the Noob Spiro and listening every day on my way to work and working my way through the older episodes, I've been able to put a lot of the tips Shrek and Turbo's guests talk about into action and I've made some good progress in my spearfishing already. Love listening to all the stories everyone has to tell. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks for that, mate. Oh, oh Matt you says... This podcast makes you feel like you're still amongst it, even though I haven't been for a solid session ages. Love it. Aquatic Mans from Oz says, an absolute blast for anyone who's into spearfishing or for those who haven't even started. Great host, great banter, and great actionable tips and advice. I recommend it to all, even if you're not interested in spearfishing, just so I can have a laugh with you about last week's podcast legends. And last review, Sardine Taco, 32 from the US, says, As a noob myself, this podcast answers so many of my questions. From technique, gear, methods, secrets, and lingo, I'm stoked to gain all this knowledge from other Spiro's experiences. I learn something new every time I listen. Shrek and Turbo ain't too shabby either. Jeepers, he talked us right up there. Thanks. Thanks for that. Who's that? Sardine Taco 32. Cheers, buddy. Um, so, yeah, like I said, if you want to check out these recipes that we discuss in today's show notes, Come to noobspero.com forward slash catch and cook. Check it out. All the links are in there and there's pictures as well. Um, 
Two other focuses we get into today are the ocean removal uh, efforts that they're doing up there and Goyotaku, which is the Japanese art form where you push, a, 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 you put paint or I think it's, it's paint onto a fish and then you press it onto, I think it's rice paper. And, uh, but anyway, we hook into that a little bit and I learn a little bit more about it today and there's some cool Instagram chat uh, sort of um, channels we pull up and have a bit of a look at and, uh, and discuss it. So yeah, look, let's get into it. Eric Keener. Adreno Spearfishing are today's proud sponsor of the Noob Spiro podcast. They stock a huge range of equipment that you can find in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne and now Perth. That's right, spearfishing.com.au have got a huge range of gear. I encourage you to get along, use the code Noob Spiro, N-O-O-B-S-P-E-A-R-O and save yourself $20 on every purchase over $200 when you shop online. Guys, if you enjoyed the Noob Spiro podcast, check us out on Instagram, Noob Spiro underscore podcast. Now, that'll keep you up to date with everything that's happening at the Noob Spiro and our latest episodes. So, check it out, Noob Spiro underscore podcast. G'day, Noob Spiro community. I'm joined by a good buddy of uh, Matt Madison, who's previously been on the show. If you want to look that up, uh, he's a Norco Underwaters.com uh, president for a while. And today I've got Eric Keener on the show. And uh, we've got a couple of awesome topics to sort of head into today, Eric. So it's awesome to chat with you, man. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. Cool. Um, so, look, tell us a little bit about where, where you live and... Um, and sort of how you got involved with spearfishing. Yeah, sure. I uh, just recently moved to one of the most desirable dive locations in the United States, which is a real small community right next to Monterey, California, uh, kind of central coast. We've, we're right near Big Sur, which has a lot of great spearfishing. And uh, I, I've been abalone diving off and on for about a decade up until they shut most of abs ab diving down which really frustrated Matt Madison. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, being that he was a, a hardcore ab diver. But uh, I'm actually pretty new to spearfishing. I've only really gotten into it. I mean, I got my first little wet noodle pole spear, you know, just about two years ago and knew nothing about fish identification and locations to dive around here. And uh, I, I just... I love the sport. I love being under the water. It's it's one of the most relaxing times I have, uh, and and so I threw myself into it, and and I've I've seen a fair amount of success, you know, especially in the last year, and um, picked up some sponsorships and won a few tournaments, and uh, you know, just just had had an opportunity to dive with some amazing guys out here that are pretty well known and. Um, I love the sport, and I see me doing it for a long time. Yeah, man, and like in two years, like you said, we were, we were chatting earlier. Like you had some success in comps. Um, what what were some of the biggest like resources or you know things that helped you improve um, so quickly? <laughs> uh, it's funny. Some of the community, especially the better divers around here, and it stands true for fishing in general, but they're pretty tight-lipped yeah. about um, <laughs> about not just their spots, but really even letting you dive with them. Oh, and, wow. um, and, and that's not true for everybody. I mean, I've dove with some people you'll probably, names you'll recognize, like Rob White recently out in Hawaii for Mahi Mahi and Tagging Sharks. And, ah, yep. Um, He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a neat guy from out there that seems to be pretty well known. Um, and 
so so how I learned as much as I did was I started out with a garage sale gear. I had a seven mil two piece wetsuit that was closed cell. <laughs> Um, about a size and a half too small. I had jet fins, which are those tiny little plastic Coast Guard fins. Yeah. Uh, I, I just did. I had no idea what I was doing. I must have looked like such a goof to other people back then. Uh, but I, I, I always have kind of a balls to the walls mentality in most of the things I try to do, and I, I just went for it and pr- very yeah. ignorantly and probably really unsafely at first. But <laughs> you know, I spent hours and hours on uh, on satellite images trying to find good places down in Big Sur to hop in and, you know, buddies that wanted to vote weekends of multiple dives a day and just ground and pounding it. And, and, and so you just you just did everything the hard way. You didn't like, um, when did you get involved with like NorCal Underwater Hunters and, um, did, I mean, did you have any books or, you know, like YouTube channels or anything like Not, that to I, sort of give you some clues? I I googled quite a bit and you know all the forums out there the spearboard and deeper blue and all those guys um were really really helpful for answering specific questions even though you had to put in hours and hours and read novels of various people's opinions and things to really <laughs> weed through to the good stuff <laughs> but um i i didn't even find underwater hunters till i want to say maybe just a year or less ago and, okay. and uh, yeah, NorCal Underwater Hunters Forum. And that was, that was really helpful. Matt really took me under his wing and he offered to mentor me. He was the first guy that actually, you know, said, Hey, I'm, I'm here to help you out. So that was, that was awesome. And he helped me out quite a bit. I actually own most of his gear now or a lot of it. Um, it's from guns and various things, but um, yeah, so it's, it was a big learning curve. That's, that's one of the things that's kind of inspired me to really try to help out other people too. I do a lot of newbie dives now on the forums. I'm, I'm, I'm parts of various California forums now. And, and I, you know, even, uh, been getting a lot of love from the Monterey Bay Tritons, uh, recently and offering to take out newer divers to show them the ropes, you know, now that I've taken some safety courses and free dive courses and other things, just, yeah, I, I still won't put them on my good dive spots. I'm going to hold to that one. But I, I don't mind taking them out and showing them the ropes and making sure they're safe and letting them borrow gear and all of that stuff. That's that's really a – well, when the water's not perfectly clear, I love taking out newer divers and introducing them to the sport. Mm, awesome, man. I might ask you some more questions at the back end of the show because I take out um, newbies quite a lot as well. But I tell them sometimes I get, I get flooded, so I might ask you a couple of questions about that. But I really – I really like when you sent me an email. Uh, I was really intrigued by this idea of this these sustainably minded competitions that are starting to sort of happen, and these initiatives that are happening around the world to help Spiros get much more involved with um, proactive sort of campaigns and stuff like that. Your catch and cook competition sounds like exactly the sort of concept I wanted to discuss on the show. So I just wanted um, I wanted to start talking a little bit about that. Where did the where did your idea for it come from? Well, uh, it, it's it's funny the the sustainable hunting that I try to stick to um, actually spawned out of one of the year long tournaments that I take part in. Um, it's called Diver of the Year, and uh, it's a seventeen species tournament where you can upgrade fish throughout the year, and then the cutoff is uh, you know December thirty thirty first or whatever. And uh, at the end of the year, whoever has the most points you know wins. And it was through. When I first started the, at the beginning of last year, I was submitting fish, and I was like, is this a blue cod or a black cod? <laughs> you know, I, I didn't even know what I was submitting, which is stupid of me because I shouldn't be shooting fish that I don't know. But 
as I, as the year went on, I loved how much I learned about the the way that the fish hide, the personalities and characteristics of different fish, and that was a, a big big learning curve for me. So recognizing now that you know when I go out and fish, I know that I I have six people to feed, so I want to shoot a decent ling cod because they've got great meat, they look fun, people like it. Um, or you know, hey, I need to go get a big this type of fish like a grassy or something and you just go and dive and try to find that specific fish so I come home with maybe one or two fish and and I love it and I feel like that's it's a lot better way of a fish uh, way to fish than you know trying to fill my stringer with a 10 little small fish and you know not not much fillet or meat to show for it and just to have something to post on social media I think is kind of silly now so you asked about the competition there's been an interesting development that I've seen. I, I'm probably part of 10 or 15 forums throughout you know, the area, um, just listening to various people's opinions about how to spearfish. And sometimes, just recently, there's been four or five very heated debates that last for days and days between people that say, you should do it this way or you should do it that way. And they're all kind of biased. And if you don't do it their way, it's the wrong way. And so... Um, a few of us, some of the guys that have some a little bit more similar mindedness, but also have a social platform to kind of speak from, you know, or we may be a little bit better known in our area. We got together and just talked and said, what can we do to help instead of argue and all this other stuff? What can we start doing to influence, especially the newer divers that kind of look up to us? And uh, and, and the idea, well, let's start posting, you know, videos on how to fillet the whole fish. Which organs can you use? How do you get the collars off a lingcod? Did you know that the cheek meat is really good? Um, halibut roe, different, they're just different things, you know, to get people really interested. And I was just kind of thinking about that. And I, I really love to cook. Um, I think I sent you a couple photos of just, I love plating. I love making it look good. Um, it's really fun. And then watching, you know, family members eat it and enjoy it. We just had a baby eight weeks ago and we've had a lot of family visit and none of them ever have fresh fish. So they're like, can you go fish for us? And, uh, it's just, it's just a really fun thing to be a part of. And, and that's where the idea of catch and cook came from. Catch and cook is a pretty popular thing, especially out here. Um, there's some real popular guys on YouTube that are doing it. And, um, and, and I just started thinking through the logistics, how can we, do a competition around this that's for spear fishermen free diving um and then you know we encourage forget the size of the fish or the quantity of the fish just go get a fish and uh and then cook it well and then you'll get points for um you know how much how much meat of are you gonna are you gonna utilize from the fish and then how are you gonna cook it what techniques are you gonna use how tasty will it be at the end and so i hit up a couple of the chefs that i know and i said hey you know, higher end chefs, would you be would you be willing to um, be a judge on this competition if we can get it going? And they're like, wow, that sounds awesome. And started talking to a couple more people. Hey, would you be interested in something like this? And the more I put the word out, it just never seemed like I got a negative answer. And I said, I, I really want to go for it. So I, I put uh, together like a three page document. I designed a logo. I uh, and I sent it out to a few people that have been successful in long-term, you know, doing of events and said, can you just nitpick this for me? And I got back a lot of valuable feedback of, you're an idiot, you shouldn't have said this or, or do this better or come on. And so, um, but overall, what it did is it really solidified it to where when I put it out to major 
um, sources, I almost got immediate feedback. I mean, you, then the very next day, you're like, hey, let's talk about it. And then I just, just today got an email from um, the underwater, uh, the, they do CMAS, they're the CENCAL.org, the Central California Council of Diving Clubs. And they said, hey, we do, they're actually a charter um, for USOA, the Underwater Society of America. And uh, they put on all kinds of events and, and stuff like that, from what I understand. I didn't even know them that well. I just did a Google search and said, these guys seem pretty good. I'm going to put it out and see if they have any insight. And they got back and they said, hey, we're so interested in this that we want to not only help you get media for it, but we actually want to help you do it. And so the idea started getting bigger. How do we, um, how do we involve some other people if we want to push the sustainable thing, but not force it down people's throats in a way that's like, this is our way of doing it. We want you to do it this way. It's more like, hey, why don't you participate in the way that we like to do it and see if you enjoy it as well. And so we, we pushed out, um, we want to give all the proceeds to a nonprofit. There's kind of a lot of backdoor uh, messaging of let's really be conscious of what we're doing in the environment. Um, we're going to give all the proceeds to an awesome nonprofit called SOS. It's Save Our Shores. They're based out of Santa Cruz, California, and they've been around for 40 years. Um, they, they organize hundreds of beach cleanups. They're all involved in the politics of, you know, ocean, the, the future of the ocean. And, and they love the idea, so they're going to lead a big, big beach cleanup the day of the event for all the people that can't dive or don't want to dive. They can bring their family, and the family, while you know, they're competing, can come and do this beach cleanup, and there'll be prizes for people that do that. And um, it's just kind of the, the wheels have been turning and turning. It's been getting bigger and bigger and more traction, and it's been really fun to be a part of. Sounds awesome. So, like... Um, guys are going to send in like oh, maybe like videos or photo entries with their with their kind of their their catch and their cook and the details and stuff. Is it, how's that going to work? No, so it's going to be it's going to be on location event um, where you get there early in the morning. You're going to register. We're going to do a safety briefing. We're going to encourage you to dive in pairs because a lot of people dive solo and. I mean, I do it too, but I never encourage it ever. I'm very safety-minded. It's just sometimes I don't have people to dive with or don't want to dive where I want to dive. <laughs> um, sometimes you got to lower kayaks down cliffs to get to the good spot. So um, some people aren't into that. And um, so uh, they're going to show up day of, and we're going to give them the safety briefing. Then we're going to release them to go dive wherever they want. They're going to come back with their fish, do a weigh-in. And one good point that got brought up in some of the feedback I got back is you really do want a bragging rights component. As much as we're trying to not push the biggest fish or more fish, we are going to have a prize for biggest fish. Um, no prize for most fish because yeah. we only want you to get one fish if possible for this. Um, and, and it's not going to be okay. anywhere near as desirable as like the top three prizes for those that are competing in the catch and cook. So, you know, some people just don't know how to cook, but still like to compete. Yep. So we want this to be an accessible event to them as well. Um, but they're going to come back with their fish and they're going to, they can prepare all of their ingredients, all of their sides and sauces and their salads or whatever they want to do with their dish, you know, in the days leading up to the event. But the fish itself has to be caught and cooked okay. in typical catch and cook on a portable grill of some heat-based grill of some kind um and and then they're going to prepare a plate and then uh give each there's going to be three or four judges and they'll have a plate for each judge 
uh, identical plate, and they'll they'll be um, judged accordingly. And we have a whole point valuation system on how they how they rank in the different areas, and they can even get extra points if they use auxiliary proteins and invertebrates and hard to get fish like vermilion or weird fish like monkey faced eel. And you know, there, there's additional ways to kind of spice up your your points overall, but. I think the idea is, you know, we really want to push use a lot of the fish. So a lot of the points you can get in this competition yeah, are cool. actually going to come from how much of the fish are you going to use. So I, I did I did a plate recently where we caught a trigger fish, a couple trigger fish, and um, I did anything from fillet to belly meat. Uh, I did baked fillet with fried belly meat, and then even did the sweetbreads of it. And I mean, oh man, it just turned out phenomenal. And so we want to encourage people to kind of try to go for similar things. Yeah, cool. The, the Japanese have got heaps of interesting sort of insights into like using different parts of the fish. It'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see just some of the, some, um, you know, local divers trying some exotic techniques, I guess. So that'll be one of the highlights of it. Yeah. And I, I think we're going to try to push, we're going to try to give them some ideas just so they're not doing things that are, you know, poisonous or inedible. We don't want to kill the judges. Um, although we are probably going to need them to sign a waiver. <laughs> Um, yeah, we want to we want to give them some ideas. Yeah, cool. Do you think you could have like husband wife teams, or like say like uh, you know like Turbo and I could come over, and obviously like <laughs> you know I'll I'll probably spear the fish, and Turbo w- w- could probably cook because you know like you know I'm obviously the far better far better spearo. <laughs> He'll love hearing that. And uh, so does that but, does that make him the wife? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would definitely be the wife in our in our duo. <laughs> And um, and if he cooks, would that still be an admissible entry? <laughs> you know, that, that idea has been brought up a lot. Can you do teams? And I think for future competitions, we probably will branch out. But just because there's so many things to this one, there's so many facets and different moving parts. And we're going to have a raffle and we're going to have um, like a gitaku event and we're going to have the beach cleanup. And there's just so much to it now that I feel like if we if we brought more than one person in, it's just going to take the advantage away from the Spiro being able to be knowledgeable and do his part as a hunter and prepare and, you know, as a consumer of food. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, you, I mean, if you had a, a pair of divers diving together and um, maybe they shot two fish, could they prepare like two dishes together and admit one each? I think for the, for this particular one, it's just going to be easier to, you know, if they each want to shoot a fish, they can dive together. That's fine. But if they each shoot a fish, they should prepare it separately and okay, um, and then be judged separately. And then okay. maybe share the prizes. We're, we're reaching out to some big companies. We've got some, some decent-sized companies that are involved already that are going to be offering up, you know, the grand prize and, and other, you know, pretty desirable stuff. That's another hard part of planning this is in order to – this is kind of a unique thing, and we really have a unique message behind it. So we got to come up with some really enticing prizes to get people – uh, involved. I think we already have a, a carbon fiber Pathos 85 roller gun, which is, you know, that's a pretty nice. decent prize. I'd love to win that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I, th- I think your concept could be expanded at some stage and done as like a live YouTube thing as well, where you could yeah, potentially br- broaden the reach and have have video submissions of um, of some of the, you know, the... I don't think it necessarily needs to be just a live event. I mean, although you could organize live events and have, you know, videos submitted and um, you could almost do like a knockoff of a popular TV cooking show with a, with a judges panel and, 
you know, get into, you know, the mindsets of the divers and stuff. That'd be pretty cool. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, but I mean, like, as a sort of a test it and go, I think this this live concept is good. So it's going to be run out of your area? Yep, yep. We, we have one or two venues picked out right now. Um, we're looking into the legality of, you know, insurance and liability and can we have it backed by the insurance of a dive company or of, of a local dive shop, but host the event at a public site like a beach or a park? Um, but, you know, I think right now we have a dive shop on board that uh, is going to go ahead and let us use their property. They have a huge parking lot and they're just pretty well set up for what we want to do. So okay. uh, I think I think we're going to go that route. But I. I waiting on confirmation another thing you could look at is uh local government uh grant for facilitating the um beach cleanup although it's not all about finance obviously sometimes it it helps to run these things on an ongoing basis um there's a there's a there's a group here that's recently started it's on facebook it's called rubbish sparrows and I'll, I'll link it up in the in the show notes but Basically, this is a network of, of spear fishermen and freedivers that organise these uh, cleanups, and obviously, a lot of the, some of the spearers that have got involved got involved through the Tweed um, Gold Coast page down here in southeast Queensland, and they all cleaned up the Tweed River. They've done it several times now, and um, local government love to get behind some of these initiatives. Maybe that's something you guys could look at there. Yeah, absolutely. My wife uh, in her previous position here actually was very well networked with them, so. That's that's an excellent idea. I think that would help a lot, especially you know we're, we have a few nonprofits that um, that's that's solely you know they they are doing amazing things um, in our area. Uh, some of the incentive behind why you know we want to do an event like this, but I can totally see them benefiting from that as well. Okay, this competition sounds awesome. How can people find out more, and where can they go to kind of sign up if they want to help or anything like that? How can they? <laughs> What's well, the best way? Uh, they will soon be able to uh, go to a couple different places, but as of right now, it's all written out and the details. <laughs> I think as of yesterday were finalized. Um, you know, ninety-five percent finalized, but we haven't started putting the word out until we get some of those, some more of those better prizes to really, you know, so people don't see it and then kind of forget about it. We want it to be pretty front of mind, you know, until the event happens, which so far the date looks like it's going to be in early November. So we still have quite a bit of time. Yeah. Okay. So is there, um, is there a, a page or a forum or something they can follow in the meantime until um, something yeah. like an official uh, site comes out or something? I'd, I'd love for them to go to Monterey Bay Spearfishing. It's a group on Facebook. Um, okay. There's two of them, but, but make sure it's the Monterey Bay Spearfishing just because that's the one that's kind of has more of the like-minded people on it. You know, there's constantly divers in the water that uh that are all taking newbies out and doing we've got a few um certified you know free dive instructors that take people out all the time and that's the page that they all kind of congregate on so i'd send people there in the meantime and say you know keep an eye out we're gonna my, my career is in marketing so i'm, I'm definitely going to do my best to, to push this out well yeah cool cool well that's awesome Eric. that's a, that's a great idea i was just going to say um you know, when you were talking before about forums and like this, these discussions and huge arguments that sort of boil over out over days, 
um, about sustainability and things like that. Like, I think one of the things a lot of guys are guilty of is they they do something for you know a number of years and they learn a lot of things, and they slowly develop a code of ethics with with regards to equipment, sustainability, everything, and they become very entrenched in their views and their opinions, and um, and then they actually become quite hostile towards anyone who expresses anything other than. And it's, you know, like sometimes it's well-intentioned because they've spent a long time learning what they've learned. However, you know, like some um, some maturity around the way we discuss ideas is, um, you know, it's important. So I, I really like um, the fact that you guys have just pushed forward with a with a proactive agenda all of your own. I think this catch and cook concept's really cool. Yeah, thanks. And, and just to that point... Uh- <laughs> you, I don't care if you 100% believe, you know, that your way is the only way to do it. I just think, like you said, it's the maturity level that allows you to kind of reel it back, dial it down, and and at least just try to understand why other people do it that way. I I don't understand yeah, yeah. why you you know why you why you've got to do the macho route. Uh, you know, I did it for a while. It's not that satisfying, and you're always chasing the high of other people's <laughs> likes. And so why why not just really enjoy um, doing what you're doing? For the reason you're doing it and be open yeah, to other people exhausting. as well yeah it is <laughs> it's exhausting you get embroiled in one of those things over days jeepers it's uh makes my blood boil just thinking about this think that's half the reason why we avoid forums and social media sometimes just want to go spearfishing yeah <laughs> yeah yep. uh, hey um one of the other really cool videos you sent me was this kelp forest springing back to life after you know one of these urchin removal events which you said um josh rousseau leads through the waterman's alliance I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, are you involved with uh, with these guys as well? Yeah, I did. Um, <clears throat> I was just getting on to Matt Madison's forum um, when I learned of the first event, and I wasn't able to go, but I was really excited about going to the next one. And uh, just to give you a little bit of a background of it, um, the, the urchin, the purple urchin out here in our waters are so destructive that not only have they ate all of the kelp in the area, which sustains, you know, the whole marine ecosystem, but um, they're eating so much that they're starving themselves. And so if you dive underwater and stick your head, I mean, even in five feet of water, the the rocks are purple. There's hardly any kelp anywhere where there used to be expansive kelp belts all around the coast in Northern California. Um, They're they're basically gone in most places. And it's as, as a result of a few things, you know, scientifically speaking and I'm sure I'll get some pushback on this, but from what our researchers and scientists have found is we have the the starfish wasting disease, which killed off a bunch of starfish, which uh, were one of the main predators of the purple urchin. And then some people, it's inconclusive for the most part, but some people say otters, you know, the lack of otters um, that they eat them. And I I don't have an opinion on whether or not those um, are helpful or harmful. But anyways, the, the fact is purple urchins are very, very destructive and need to be dealt with. So... Now, now, fast forward. We go to the the second uh, the second event, and I'm talking with Matt and seeing how much he fundraised for the last event. And I said, "Well, you know what? I'm just going to jump in, whether he wants me to or not, and help him fundraise for my area because he's he's up in Mendocino and I'm down here in Monterey. We're about six hours apart, and uh, yeah. I was able to raise. I want to say it was close to like six or seven thousand dollars of value huh. in in things for the raffle items. I was getting you know full regulators, brand new. I was getting Jeez, um, I can't even count how many hundred dollar gift cards we got to various places. We got free diving um, uh, certifications thrown in. We've got scuba certifications thrown in. There's just all kinds of really, really cool stuff. 
And, uh, and yeah. then I go up there to help with the event and did a couple days diving. My wife and I brought the RV up and we camped and, you know, the, the events are great because they involve so many different people. It, it was the, the event that I went to was the, I want to say it's the first event in, you know, California history where divers of all backgrounds got together from recreational to scientific um, it just it was it was a really historic uh, event, and we had um, I can't remember the exact numbers now, but it was something like 150 divers a day getting in the water, and then we had kayakers that didn't dive on the top of the water to transport the urchin bags to the boats and the boats to the shore, and then we had people on shore at the time we were crushing them and making fertilizer out of them. It's not that people have asked why we can't crush them in the water because that would be more efficient. Well, it's actually illegal for events to do that. I don't know if it's the, the nonprofit to do it, but yeah, it's not legal to. And there's a lot of people that say it causes spawning that's actually been disproven. Um, don't argue with me. I'll give you Josh Russo's number on that one. You guys, anybody that disagrees <laughs> can reach out to him. Uh, but yeah. Um, so I'll give you a couple stats on the on the multiple events that have happened since then. I just got them from Josh. I said, "Hey man, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on the the Noob Spiro podcast, and I need to know where things are at with the Waterman's Alliance." And Josh, who's the president, uh, I'll just read it off here because this is a great answer. Some huge numbers. He said, "He says we've removed 58 tons of urchins from five areas in Sonoma and Mendocino so far." They raised $130,000 last year and had nine commercial boats. So the reason they do the, um, the events for the public, the recreational events, is to raise money to pay the commercial guys because they're the, they're the heavy hitters that do the most damage. Yep. And so we raised $130K last year and had nine commercial boats working from January to August on any day that was diveable. Uh, we've hosted a total of six recreational events so far. Um, the next one is May 18th and 19th of this year at Ocean Cove in Northern California. And he recently okay. said that um, the Department of Fish and Wildlife and reef check surveys have confirmed a very noticeable difference in areas where we've worked. Um, divers at, our, at the Caspar event were excited to see kelp actually coming back and healthy abalone. So uh, that yeah, video that awesome. I sent you actually came from Southern California. And uh, it was just, what, like 40 days? You had humongous, you know, 30-foot kelp stalks everywhere. It was just a yeah. kelp forest again and a month later after one of these events. So so if, if guys go today to noobspirit.com forward slash catch and cook, you, I'll, I'll link this video up in the show notes, but um, this kelp forest, is it, it shows you snapshots of a diver swimming over the same area of reef over 40 days. And um, the first day, it's just covered in these purple urchin, and then they remove them all, and then you can see over this period of forty days what happens to the um, the benthos, at, at, you know, over that period of time. It's amazing. It went from like just barren and lifeless with purple urchin to all of a sudden, you know, full full kelp forest right up to the surface again. Is is hectic? Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my wife works at the Monterey Bay Aquarium, and she told me a stat recently from their scientists that uh, kelp can grow two feet a day. So, so long as we can keep yeah. the things that eat the kelp away, the kelp will come back. 
so that's a real real cool thing for Spiros to get involved with, I think. Um, and you sent me, uh, it's at watermansalliance.com to find out about some of the events that are coming up in the future. But basically, um, what actually happens on one of those days? Like you, you, you get given a Hessian sack or something and just go out and grab as many as you can. What's, this, what's the sort of process there? It's surprisingly organized and it's because of the devotion of a, fee, a small handful of people that just put everything into it, Josh being one of them. Um, we actually sunk his boat that had a compressor on it on the second dive. <laughs> we oh, had to no. float the compressor back to the surface. It was crazy. But um, so you get there, oh, you know, we love to do it as a family event. So you get there on a Friday night, you camp. Um, it's not, it's more glamping. If you have an RV, that's the best way. But, um, you know, you can, t- there's plenty of people tent camping and usually, you know, there's showers and stuff. Sometimes there's not. So your gear gets a little stinky, but, um, you you get there on a Friday night, you camp, you get up early, you have a meet at 8 a.m. so that Josh can hand out all of, he gets all of these canvas bags um, given to him for these events, and they're real nice. Um, and uh, then you get, you know, three or four of them, you clip them to your belt if you're free diving or if you're scuba diving. Um, you're kind of encouraged on, here. here's the little section, the, you know, 300 by 300 yard section that we're going to be working on. Sometimes it's bigger. Um, and then the commercial boats stay on the outside of that so that there's not boats over divers. And then all the divers, then you have a bunch of volunteers that bring their own personal boats down and you get all of these little Zodiacs transporting divers out to the site. Um, and then the divers drop in and dive a full tank of air and get as many. I've seen people bring up like three bagfuls, dive bagfuls of urchins, um, and and we've actually had to get special permission to to raise the limit on some of the events and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a really neat thing to. Um, and then you just do it the, again the next day. They just go to, and you get the evening to yourself. You know, you do a couple tank dives and um, and then we I did spear fishing in the evening because you're always in great dive spots and got a couple of vermilion on that first event, which was fun. And um, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's it's just fun, you know. If you like camping, if you like diving, if you like boating or kayaking or you know outdoors, it's just a great great event. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So guys can find out about that at watermansalliance.com. I'll, again, it'll be linked up in today's show notes at newspirit.com forward slash catch and cook. Today I've got a sweet offer for you to go with this free episode of the New Spirit podcast got access to some free courses how cool is that go to newspirit.com forward slash ted now ted hardy from immersion freediving a frequent guest on the newspirit podcast has got several free courses available at newspirit.com forward slash ted check it out freediving safety there's a full video course about how to avoid shallow water blackout how to be a good buddy all is the fundamentals of just being a good safe sparrow and it's all free check it out nosparrow.com forward slash ted there's another one in there as well about how to take a 20 to 30 percent bigger breath which will give you more fuel more time on the bottom and uh, make you a more effective sparrow there's also a whole lot of other courses there as well check them out get a 15 percent discount nosparrow.com forward slash ted Today's episode is brought to you by Patreon. It's a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators like the Noob Spiro to get paid. Basically, you support us per episode at any level that you choose. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Noob Today's episode powered by patron listeners just like you. The other thing I wanted to touch base with you about was 
Uh, I'm going to butcher this too, so apologies to any Japanese people or people who actually know how to say it, but Gaio Taku. So, yeah. is, is that how you butcher it as well, Eric? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm white as they come, so I have no idea how to say it the right way, but I, I say Gaio Taku. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. I maybe. Okay, it, it's, cool. So, the, the first, the, the Gyo or Gaio, G-Y-O means fish in Japanese, and Taku means like stone printing. So, that's okay. that's the idea. It's like fish stone prints, basically. Okay, cool. And um, I've been following a couple of um, pages on Instagram. Um, Salty Bones, Goyutaku, uh, Michael Takach, one of our former guests on the show, he gets into it. And I found a really cool one today. It was called No Worry Beef Curry on Instagram. This guy is a, a woodworker and glass, and glass worker who collaborates with this other artist, and they do these these um, goyu taku on, on glass and wood and stuff, and it, that was rad. rad. So um, if guys want to check out a bit more about goyu taku, I'd encourage them to go and have a look at some Instagram channels. But um, what is it that you do with it, man? Uh, I, I actually just started to get into it recently. I was encouraged by one of the um, the kayak clubs in the area, kayak angling. They At all of their major events, there's this one gal, her name's Brandy, that does... Um, a full-on recreational thing for all the kids. It's just a bunch of kids of all of the fishermen and their their families that come, and uh, the dads will bring, or even the moms bring back the fish, and um, the kids get to paint like a, a cloth paint on them, and then they stamp the shirts that they have made for the events, and it's just become really, really popular. So I reached out to her and learned all the ins and outs of it and how does she run her events so we can try to do one for our catch and cook competition. Um, and she, I mean, she was great. She sent me pages of, of stuff on how to do it. We've had a lot of our guys in our area, you know, certainly getting into it more recently and trying out all the different papers and different paints you can use. And I know one, one guy, um, his name, uh, his name. So I, hold on, I'll tell you the backstory first. He, uh, he currently had the, the grass rockfish record for, for California for spearing, and then, um, and then we, I did a competition one weekend where I dove in Big Sur uh, one day and I actually walked through a bunch of, I had to walk down a landslide to get into the water. And uh, when I came back up, the water was too heavy to get out on one side. And so I had to climb, like rock climb up. I had, I think three vermilion on my back. They were all decent fish. And I had one really big rockfish. And, uh, and it may have been two vermilion, one rockfish. I forget. I'll look at the pictures. But I had to rock climb out with my dive board on my back, and I ended up in a bunch of poison oak and had to hike like 150 yards through it just to get back to the trail. And then I oh, knew I was diving man. the next day, not thinking about it. Uh, I <laughs> I didn't wash my gear off, so I take all the gear off, I stuff it in the little bin, and, and I knew I was going to be up early to dive the next day for the competition, a local little uh, bring the ling event. And... Um, dove that i ended up getting first place in that event but i also ended up getting uh poison oak over every single part of my body no exaggeration whatsoever in every part you don't want it in it was i had to go get two shots at the doctors and like medication and all this stuff like it was it was brutal so brutal Uh, never never again uh, my wife didn't want to sleep next to me it was just it was so bad i I washed my wetsuit like 17 times um, oh, man. I know a lot about poison oak now. Never do it again. But uh, so apparently, yeah. apparently you get your mates to urinate on you, and that fixes it straight away. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that works for jellyfish. Thankfully, I haven't had to do uh, it. Um, no, 
I got a funny story about my honeymoon, though. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I would never, I would never let someone else pee on me. Uh, I'd Uh, I'd rather deal with the with the jellyfish. But so I get this big grass rockfish, right? That was all the story to say I got this rockfish, and I go and weigh in at the tournament, and I, I get a picture of this rockfish on the on the weight, and somebody yells out the window, "Hey, I think that's the new state record." And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And so, you know, I knew, I finally knew. I, uh, I got a state record perch, too, earlier this that year, but I didn't know that you had to keep oh, the carcass. Wow. I didn't know anything about it. So this time I kept the carcass, and um, turns out the guy that came in second for that little weekend tournament was the guy that held the state record before. And I'm like, hey, man, good to meet you. I think I beat you. And he goes, right on, that's awesome. Come over for food. And so we met and we connected, and he go, takes me into his garage, and uh, he's got all, he lived in Japan for a while, so he's got the real deal of just amazing fish all over his garage, which he turned into like a little free dive shrine. Um, so that's when I first saw how beautiful it can look, and that's when I got real interested in it. And, um, and so now we're just wanting to learn more and, and get everybody else interested in it, and we think it'd be a good family-friendly thing to do at our event as well. So that, that's going to be involved in your catch and cook comp? We are, we are currently soliciting someone that's a lot smarter than me to help, uh, to help coordinate it just because we're still newbies uh, at the whole art and, um, and I'm going to be doing it quite a bit leading up to the event. So I may be able to take it over, but we're really going to try to get some help because to do an, to do that type of, uh, that type of project at an event like this, it's going to take four or five or six volunteers to help, especially when kids get involved. So that's a, that's a hopefully we can make it happen. I'd like to see it happen, and, you know, I'm going to push hard for it to happen, but that, that's the yeah. one piece that we're not super set on yet. I was going to say, like, um, it could be a complimentary thing to just about a lot of comps, you know? Like, you could have, um, you know, that evening, you could have a Goyo Taku um, session at a local dive shop, and you could have in a couple of experts and... You know, and they just teach people how to do it and stuff like that. But it would take a lot of coordination with materials and stuff. But uh, it's a cool idea, cool concept. Yeah, that's a, it's a great idea you had yourself. I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> well, it, well, it, you know, like I, I like the artwork because it captures the texture of the fish, you know, like and um, the scale patterns and stuff are unbelievable. I mean, you know, it, it really cap- captures something unique about, about fish in particular. And uh, it's, a, it's a cool art. And form. when you get really good at it, you can learn where to put the paint placement before you lay the the rice paper on the fish and you can actually i saw this picture of a rooster fish and i saw you know there's all kinds of cool um hog fish like there's these really really cool that that seemed pretty accurate amazingly detailed art pieces that are coming out of various places and it's just fantastic what my wife and i both love art and um we we'd love to have some of those pieces on our wall and we'd like to try our hand at it yeah, yeah, I like the look of this no no worry beef curry Instagram page. Um, this guy's stuff like he does these big ornate sort of you know wood wooden furniture pieces and you know framings and stuff for the wall. And um, the woman he collaborates with, I think she does it on glass. And there's like octopus ones and all sorts. It was, it was really cool. So um, yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to briefly touch on, and I'll link them up in today's show notes. You sent me five um, recipes and pictures that sound mouthwatering. I am a fan of eating uh, fish in particular. Um, 
So can you walk us through one or two of those? And I mean, I mentioned them all and and you can just walk us through the whole thing. So there was a, a triggerfish three-way, a fillet top lobster tail and, and seared scallops recipe. There's a Linkov Phillips over a mushroom and almond risotto. There's cilantro sashimi and a seared scallop with truffle oil. Um, give us one or two of those recipes if you don't mind, Eric. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you an interesting one. The lobster one, most people know how to cook lobster, so I don't need to go into the whole recipe, but something I personally learned, and this is one of the reasons why I love cooking, is because you learn so many different techniques. So one of the guys that's going to be the judge at the comp, uh, catch and comp, catch and cook comp, uh, he came over after I came home from a, a lobster trip in the Channel Islands, and I'd got, you know, a fair amount of lobster, and I'd got, um, I'd never caught lobster before, and uh, I'd got a bunch of scallops and I love scallops um even just eating them right out of the shell while you're diving it's just a delicious meal so he taught me how to slowly melt butter so that it doesn't separate and it took a long time and it was like four or five pounds of butter and you end up with this huge pot of melted butter but not separated butter and it's just hot enough to cook to, to actually poach the lobster tail in and when you pull the lobster tail out the the butter that's not separated, if it was separated, it would just drip right off. And that's why people dip a lobster into butter on the side because it's separated. Well, ours was still thick, so you never had to dip it. It just coated it. Like, I mean, just imagine like a, a glaze on a donut. That's what, the, that's what the butter did to the lobster. And oh Ooh. my gosh, it was, it was insane. So, <laughs> so one, of, one good recipe, and I love just playing around with little things. This was a really interesting one that I just stumbled upon by accident. Um, and the other ones are more detailed, so I won't go into them because there's more components. And um, so if you link to them, you know, people can read about them. But this one's really simple. I would highly encourage anybody to try it. Uh, you, you get a baguette, some kind of sourdough, you know, smaller baguette. You get a decent sized scallop. You get a little piece of brie cheese and have some truffle oil. And so you, you get butter um, and you melt it into the, into the pot or the pan, your frying pan, and you put the baguette down uh, until it kind of soaks it up and it starts to really fry the bread. And then you flip it over and let it soak up the rest of the butter and really fry the bread until it starts getting crispy and nice and golden brown. You take that out. You, uh, you, you hard sear your scallops. So you want to get the pan super, super hot and just drop the scallop in for a real short amount of time. You want it to start getting almost dark, um, kind of a dark, dark brown on one side. You flip it over for about five or six seconds on the other side, so it's still raw in the middle, but you get a firm texture on the edges and even a little bit of a crunch off of the, off the dark brown parts. And then you put that on top of the bread, drop a piece of brie, a little slice of brie with the uh, rind on, because it's a bit savory, um, you, put, you just drop it in the pan for like five seconds before it starts to melt. You scoop that on top of the top. You put a little truffle oil and a little bit of salt and maybe some pepper or something. I, I can't tell you how phenomenal. It's super unhealthy, but it, it's an absolutely delicious little appetizer. I haven't even had breakfast yet, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to go now. <laughs> I know. I'm ready to cook dinner, and I, I kind of want that. So. Well done. You've, you've made me salivate. That's a, that's a, that's a unique <laughs> gift, sir. <laughs> I had a dollar for uh, every time. <laughs> uh, uh, 
<laughs> Everything today we discussed and, and more will be linked up in today at napespero.com forward slash catch and cook. Again, if people want to get involved and find out a little bit more about the catch and cook competition, they can go to Monterey Bay Spearfishing on Facebook. And you see there's a group of a bunch, great, great bunch of guys in there having a good conversation about it. And uh, that'll be the place to get updated. Um, where Same. can people come and find you? Uh, you, you can get me on, well, I was just on, on the group page. There's also um, the Waterman's Alliance Urchin Removal Events page. I think that's it. I, I got to double check. But if you type that into Facebook, I guarantee it'll come up. Um, and that's okay. a place to, to keep up to date with all the events, all the pictures, all the stats. Josh posts on there somewhat regularly. Um, so that's really the great place to learn more about those events is that group uh, or the website. But I, I find that the group's a little bit more helpful because you can ask questions on what kind of gloves and gear do you need? You're going to need tweezers because regardless of what, you could wear chain mail and you're still going to be picking urchins out of your scalp for like a month and a half after <laughs> an event. But, or yeah. at least I was. I was getting hammered by the, the surge. Um, and then for me, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm on Instagram. You can, I'm, I'm the Keener Roo, K-E-E-N-E-R-O-O. Uh, and my, my Facebook is, uh, I think it's E Keener one I don't remember. I don't look at that one very. I, I'm on Facebook a lot. I just don't know what my handle is. But Eric Keener, I'm I'm sure you'll find it. If you're oh, online, cool. you can you can double check for me. I'll link them up in today's show notes so guys can come and find you through there. But um, Magic Eric, I want to catch up with you again in the future and and um, hear a little bit more about your adventures and uh, and definitely how you've progressed with kind of some of these initiatives you're working on i sure appreciate you having me on the show and um like i said you know there's probably a lot of people laughing at, at me being a, a relatively new diver so i apologize if i uh messed anything up or, or said anything wrong i'm still learning but you know i think i, I know enough now to, to help some other people out so please uh be patient <laughs> now nah, awesome eric i i I don't think I've even recorded a show unless I've said one or two things wrong every episode. So you're not alone. <laughs> no, no, it was awesome. all good stuff, man. <laughs> and uh, no, awesome. Let's, I'll, I'll catch you again later. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Eric Keener. Put your hands together. He was an interesting fella and uh, really enjoyed that chat today. A little bit different, just sort of a more of a topical focus. And uh, if you like today's show, I'd love to hear your, your comments. Um, if you want to leave them, you can find us at noobsparrow.com forward slash catch and cook for today's full show notes and get hold of some of those mouth-watering recipes like Lincod Spanish rice and mango salsa. Oh, love it. And uh, as usual, thanks to the patrons helping to power this podcast. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash Spiro. Thanks, guys. Catch you next week. Today's Dynamite Noob Spiro podcast is brought to you by spearfishing.com.au. That's right, the fine folks over at Adreno have been supporting the Noob Spiro podcast since about episode 18. And they help pay the bills around here. Just want to encourage you to check out spearfishing.com.au and use the code NoobSpiro. You can save 20 bucks on every purchase over 200 But it's just a great online shopping experience. The reviews are phenomenal. If you want to check out a new spear gun, new pair of booties, new pair of gloves, someone's used them before, they've written a review, it's on their website, it's all there right for, there for you. Head along to spearfishing.com.au and thank you for shopping with it. Today's major sponsor, Adreno. Spiro Log, an actual logbook for spearfishing. Yes, it's a paper form and perhaps we could go digital in the future. 
But at the moment, Spirolog is available right now on Amazon.com to capture your dives and help you replicate past results. Because if you're capturing that fish in those specific conditions and it doesn't happen every week, there's probably some unique variables that are allowing that phenomenon to take place. So record them in your dive log. You can go back, you can have a look at data over time and you can see what works, what makes your spots and locations tick. Get Spirolog on Amazon.com today. Spirolog by Noob Spiro. Oh my God. <laughs>